My Story in a Late Style of Fire by Larry Levis Whenever I listen to Billie Holiday, I am reminded that I, too, was once banished from New York City. Not because of drugs or because I was interesting enough for any one overworked patrolman to worry about. His expression usually a great, gauzy spiderweb of bewilderment over his face. I was banished from New York City by a woman. Sometimes, after we had stopped laughing, I would look at her and see a cold note of sorrow, a puzzlement, go over her face as if someone was there, behind it. Not laughing at all. We were, I think, in love. No, I'm sure. If my house burned down tomorrow morning... And if I and my wife and son stood looking on at the flames, and if then someone stepped out of the crowd of bystanders and said to me, Didn't you once know? No. But if one of the flames rising up in the skirts of fire turned all the windows blank with light, and if that flame could speak, and if it said to me, You loved her, didn't you? I'd answer, hands in my pockets, yes. And then I'd let fire and misfortune overwhelm my life. Sometimes, remembering those days, I'd watch a warm, dry wind bothering a whole line of elms and maples along a street in this neighborhood until they're all moving at once, until I feel just like them, trembling and in unison. None of this matters now. But I never felt alone all that year. And if I had sorrow, I also had laughter. The affliction of angels and children, which can set a whole house on fire if you let it. And even then, you might still laugh to see all of your belongings set you free in one long choiring of flames that sang only to you. Either because no one else could hear them, or because no one else wanted to. And mostly because they know. They know such music cannot last, and that it would tear them apart if they listened. In those days, I was, in fact, already married just as I am now, although to another woman. And that day I could have stayed in New York. I had friends there. I could have strayed up Lexington Avenue or down to Third and caught a faint glistening of the sea between the buildings. But all I wanted was to hold her all morning until her body was again a bright field, or until we both reached some thicket as if at the end of a lane, or at the end of all desire, and where we could therefore be alone again, and make some dignity out of loneliness, as mostly people cannot do. Billy Holiday, 
whose life was shorter and more humiliating than my own would have understood all this. If only because even in her late addiction and her bloodstream's hallelujahs, she too sang often of some affair or someone gone and therefore permanent. And sometimes she sang for nothing. Even then, and it isn't anyone's business if she did, that morning, and she asked me to leave, wearing only the apricot-tinted fraying chemise, I wanted to stay. But I also wanted to go, to lose her suddenly, almost for no reason and certainly without any explanation. I remember looking down at a pair of singular tracks made in a light snow the night before at how they were gradually effacing themselves beneath the tires of the morning traffic and thinking that my only other choice was fire, ashes, abandonment, solitude, all of which happened anyway. And soon after, and by divorce. I know this isn't much, but I wanted to explain this life to you even if I had to become, over the years, someone else to do it. You have to think of me what you think of me. I had to live my life, even in its late, florid style. Before you judge this, think of her. Then think of fire, its laughter, the music of splintering beams and glass. The flames reaching through the second story of a house almost as if to mistakenly rescue someone who left you years ago. It is so American, fire. So like us. Its desolation and its eventual brief triumph.